0: You know, you kind of like usually when you start to speak, you kind of like start low, and then maybe you kind of come up a little bit. But after seeing a video like that, that's just kind of like in my lane, and that just kind of stirs my heart up so much that you almost don't know how to start low, but I'll try. But uh, my wife uh, Amy and I last week we're at a a marriage conference. We got a chance to go away, and uh, we always enjoy that, and um, but it was neat, this uh, gentleman, he told a, um, a, uh, a story about a husband and wife, and the husband and wife uh, went to the doctor, and the wife uh, uh, is in the waiting room, and the husband comes in and says, or I mean, sorry, the uh, doctor comes in and says, ma'am, I'm sorry, but your husband is in critical condition. There's three things you need to make sure you do, otherwise your husband may die. And she says, oh my gosh, and she says, okay, and... He says, number one, he says, you need to make sure you allow him to sleep in all the time, anytime he wants. Number two, you need to make sure he has three home-cooked meals a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Otherwise, you know, it's, it's going to be unhealthy for him. And number three is that you need to make sure that you don't give him any yard work to do. No household duties, no yard work. And she says, oh, okay, okay. And uh, so uh, the husband comes back, and they're walking to the car, and... The husband says, so what would the doctor say? And she looked at him and said, sorry, honey, you're going to die. <laughs> yes. But um, one of the things is uh, you'll, you'll see a lot here at New Day. And I mean, you saw Justin, uh, Pastor Justin talking this morning and even that video. Is it's really our heart that nobody that's ever on this stage, that the congregation, that the people that come, that we never put anybody that's just on this stage on a pedestal. Not me, not Pastor Justin, not Ryan, not any of the singers. You know, we all have different gifts. We all have different callings. But we're all equal sons and daughters to God. We all have the same Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. None of us received a junior Holy Spirit. We all received the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of us. And, and one of the things that you'll hear us talk about is that calling people up into who God's called them to be. Calling people by what God thinks about them. And I wanted to preface what I'm about to say with those statements just to kind of explain what happened to me probably about seven years ago. Because Pastor Justin and I have known each other since uh, I was about 24. And when I was 24, I graduated from school, I, um, I got married right at 24, I got a career, God was blessing my life, um, I really kind of thought I had it together, I mean, everything was going right, and man, God's blessed me so much, it's, in a lot of ways, it's, it's still just going right, and, uh, but I kind of thought I had my act together, and then I met Justin, and Justin, he prayed three times a day, he, he'll never tell you, but he probably still does, three times a day, just like Daniel, in the morning, in the afternoon, and in the evening. He'll never tell you how much, but I think he's probably up to three quarters of the New Testament memorized. I could be wrong, but I know it's getting more and more and more, he just, he'll never tell you, but he has the whole thing memorized. He, he studies the Bible like nobody I've ever seen before, and he's helped me to study the Bible in ways that I've never experienced. He can talk with a child and make them feel so important at the same time he can talk with an adult or someone that's in their later years and every person that he talks to makes them feel important. And I've not ever been one much to compete with people. Um, My heart has always been if I see someone going forward in their walk with God, I'm latching onto those coattails, and I'm going with. And, but at the same time, I was just like, this guy is nuts. He is, he's just a spiritual giant, is the way that I kind of saw him. And we worked in ministry, at the same ministry together, but we were, we had different responsibilities. So we knew of each other, and we were always friendly with each other, but we didn't have a lot of, as much contact as you might think. Well, about seven years ago, I was sitting at a table, and it was a party after church. Uh, I don't remember what it was for, but we were just—I was sitting at a table, and for the one time, I, I was sitting by myself. And he came up and sat next to me. And if you've ever had the opportunity to sit with Justin or to talk with Justin, you find out that he's the master of questions. He just, yeah, he just knows how to unlock areas of your heart. And he says to me, he—we just began to talk. And I don't remember all the details of the conversation, but I do know where I was at with God. And I I was frustrated in my walk with God because not that I didn't know God, not that I wasn't serving God, but sometimes even in our serving of God and our, our walk with God, we begin to walk by performance and not by grace and not by faith. And when we do that, we always find up that we're falling short. Let me give you an example. Instead of getting up to pray, I was frustrated because I was having to get up early because I had a longer drive to work. When I came home, even though I wanted to maybe spend time studying the Bible, you know, there's nothing wrong with this, but I had to help my kids with homework. I had to help my wife who was still at work get something for dinner. I had to help sometimes do the dishes. And so I was feeling frustrated, like, do I even have any faith? I'm doing all these things, that, and are they even helping me? And he just began to speak into me how God saw me, and how that I was a man of faith, and how I was a light to the place that I worked, and how I was an example, and a leader to my family, and Man, they see someone that brings their family to church and is spending time with them, that they see their dad reading his Bible and doing devotions with them, and how much of a man of God that Justin saw me as. And man, from this guy that I kind of thought was the spiritual giant who I could never compare myself to, I was so encouraged, I began to lift my head high, walked out of that party with such enthusiasm and excitement. And do you know that that drew me to God? That didn't draw me away from God? That very next morning, man, I couldn't wait to get up and spend time with God because this burden was lifted off my shoulders. This performance was lifted off my shoulders of, man, I just want to enjoy God. I want to go be with him instead of living this angle of, oh, man, of this checklist that whether or not I had done everything that I needed to check off for the day. And he's been someone in my life that actually has called me up to what God thinks about a lot. I remember certain instances, certain moments that even the reason I'm standing here today is from the time I was young, I thought I had a call on my life from God. But there was a long season where I just kind of threw that aside and thought, man, it just didn't happen. And maybe it was bad pizza or something because it's just, it just hasn't happened. And he called me up. And the reason I can say I'm standing here today is because, man, he began to speak into what God said about me and that destiny that I had on my heart. And really today, I just want to begin to call you up in maybe an area that I guess is that I I just really have a heart for, I really have a desire for, and I don't want to get ahead of myself but for later on, but that is my heart. I think sharing the gospel, I, everything that comes to my mind, I walk around a neighborhood and I begin to think of ideas on how I can reach my neighbors, what can I do, what can I have my kids do, so if you just bear with me, every time I speak, and even this, As Justin said, that's your lane, stay in it. Don't try to be somebody that you're not. So who am I? Man, I'm somebody that I I just think about, Man, how can I tell somebody about Jesus, that it just bubbles up on the inside of me that I just want to share. And it's something that I have such a desire for for people to catch is that I'm nobody special. I'm just somebody, you have the same Holy Spirit that I do. The people that stand on their stage, there's nothing different from you. And I want to help you see that today and see you see how much God wants to partner with you to reach people that you know. So I have a couple things that I just wanted to share that I think will really help you catch that. And number one is that in order to res- give the love of God, first off, you've got to be able to receive it. And God is good and he only thinks good things about you. You know, I live in a house with four girls. My wife and three girls. Sometimes AJ, if I'm out of town, he'll call me up and say, Dad, we have got to go to Buffalo Wild Wings when you get home. You've got to get me out of here. But, so I'll say, I understand, son, I understand. So, but I am constantly, I see someone preach back there. He's saying, but I have this, um, I'm always encouraging them, speaking life into them. And how many dads, you're going to understand exactly what I'm talking about. Have you ever heard your kid, maybe they didn't do good on a test, and they say, oh, I'm stupid, or they say, I'm ugly. And you just want to take that imp that's speaking to them and slam them. You know what I'm talking about. You hate that voice that would speak to them like that. Like, that might have happened to you. That might have have been what you did, but you are not. What that voice is telling you, you are. And I was walking down the street this past week and that thought came to me and just in my side of my heart, I felt God say, that is exactly how I feel about you when you believe those things that I don't say about you. He has speaking over us that he has that same tenacity that he wants us to believe what we say about him. And the first thing is, is that God is good and there's been an attack on the integrity of God from the very beginning. The serpent came to Adam and Eve, and he tempted Eve that God was withholding something from her because God wasn't good and God didn't have her best in mind. But God is good. And if I'm as a dad, know that I hate it when my kids don't identify with what I've spoken over them or what God has spoken over them, and they've identified with something that happened to them or that voice. If I get that upset and I get that angry because I love them so much, it says in Luke, verse 11, 9 through 13, listen to what it says. It says, just to giving us in a, a picture of God. It says, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, the door will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will you give him a stone? If he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? If you, if you then being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask of him? In Matthew, it actually says, give good things to those who ask of him. So if I, being a mere human being, am that tenacious about what my kids believe about themselves, how much more is God good And believe those positive things that he speaks from his word over us. In Psalm 139, just listen to some of these verses which God speaks over us. It says, David said, Lord, you know everything there is to know about me. You perceive every moment of my heart and soul. And you understand my every thought before it even enters my mind. You are so intimately aware of me, Lord. You read my heart like an open book and you know all the words I'm about to speak before I even start a sentence. You know every step I will take before my journey even begins. So God knows all of my great things. He knows all of my bad things. He knows where I'm at. He knows when I'm walking in the new man. He knows when I'm not walking in the new man. And we tend to identify God wants us to identify with our new man, but sometimes, as we all know, we identify with that old man. But even God, he even knew all those things about us. And look what this next verse says, same psalm, in verse 17, 8. But it says that every single moment you are thinking of me, how precious and wonderful to consider that you cherish me me constantly in your every thought. O oh God, your desires toward me are more than the grains of the sand of every shore. When I w- wake each morning, you are still with me. I think about my wife and kids a lot. But he thinks about us every moment of every day. It says in, that his thoughts towards us are only good. Look at First Psalm 40, verse 5. O oh Lord our God, no one can compare with you. Such wonderful works and miracles are all found with you, and you think of us all the time with your countless expressions of love. In order to give the love of God, we have to first receive it. A great thing to do is I would encourage you today, and it kind of feels awkward, is go home and take a notebook and say, Hey, God, what are your thoughts towards me today? And begin to write them down. And then you know what you can do also is you can begin to say, maybe that neighbor or that friend that you work with. And say, God, what are your thoughts towards them? And go ahead and share it with them. I was walking around the bike path at my house and I just, it's a place that I go and pray. And is in the middle of doing that, an idea dropped in my head, in my heart. And it was just Psalm 112 and about a family that lived close by to us. And I didn't know them well, very well. We just moved in. I've talked to the guy probably about twice. And, uh, but Psalm 112 and that his children would be mighty upon the earth just came to my heart. And so finally, I didn't see him for a while. So finally, I wrote it down and I just took the piece of paper and I put, stuck it under the windshield of his car. And I said, hey, it was just on my heart. To let you know I go out to this bike path and I pray and I ask God to to give me his thoughts towards people so I can encourage them. And I'll say in Psalm 112 came to my heart, and to my mind, so I wrote it down. And it says that, man, your children will be mighty upon the earth, that God has a plan for you and your family. He caught up with me a couple weeks later and him and his wife jump out of the car. And he says that she was in tears and she was bawling the moment that her husband read it to her. Because it was a word from God in due season from a family that maybe they didn't even know you could hear from God like that. I mean, we're his sons, and we're his daughters, and his Holy Spirit is on the inside of us wanting to speak to us. Not only for our lives, but for the lives of other people that he thinks about all the time. Just say, hey God, what are your thoughts? I have a cousin that lives in Minnesota I didn't really know how to reach. I could see that she's always from her Facebook post. I can tell that, man, she's just having a hard time. I said, God, what are your thoughts towards her? And I sent her a message that, hey, you know, you are on my heart, and I've been praying for you. And these are some of the things that I believe that God just thinks about you. She probably never encountered God like that ever before. And, and you can do that. An encouraging word, a word, of, you know, a word of knowledge, something that encourages somebody, anybody that is a Christian with the Holy Spirit on the inside of them, can do that point number two you might say well i can't do that just like us we do that all the time we limit ourselves because of what we can't do we know how we mess up all the time but point number two is that the new man becomes our reality when we choose to embrace it by faith and in case some of you knew when i talk about the new man and the old man is in second corinthians 5:17. it says if anyone is in christ it says he's a new creation Old things have passed away, and all things have become new. And in Ephesians 4, in verse 22, it says, Put off concerning your former conduct the old man, which grows corrupt according to deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and put on the new man, which was created according to God, in true righteousness and holiness. So when I say new man, is that now Jesus looks through me, or God looks at me, through the lens of this cross. And when when he looks at me through the lens of this cross, I'm covered in the blood of Jesus, and he doesn't see me as some sinner anymore. He sees me created according to God in righteousness and holiness. And then I'm his son. And, you know, most of my Christian life, I did not live this way. I got to admit, sometimes I hear uh, Pastor Justin has shared about sometimes he didn't even think the love of God was a message that Christians needed to know. It's like, okay, great, God loves me. I was the same way. Like, okay, God loves me, so what? Now I got to go do something. And that's the way I lived most of my, my Christian life, that even though after I became a Christian, now to bring pleasure to him was based on how much I prayed, how much I witnessed, or how much I read my Bible. And so you almost question, Lord, does this really work? And it's almost been an experiment to me and watching it in this room. Because I've seen people that as we've spoken who God says they are and life over them, I've been seeing God raise them up and change their lives. You know, not to, what is it called, call me up, not call you out, but I hope it encourages her jest you know, has one of the most encouraging stories. She comes here, and she begins to hear about who she is in God, and how God cares for her, and that God loves her. And she goes, you know what? I'm gonna build a prayer room in my home. And she said, why? Because it drew, it, drew God to her. It didn't push her away from God. All of a sudden, you begin to see who you are, and you rise up in who God's called you. And she says, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna build a prayer room in my home. And you know what, I've always had a hard time quitting smoking but I can do this because old things have passed away and all things have become new and she's up to 50 some days without ever smoking a cigarette. I've watched, again, I've watched Wendy. Wendy didn't even know God when Justin found her in a park singing and said, hey, would you like to come sing at church? And and she said, sure. And so she came. And you know what, like all of us, we have things in our lives that God just kind of fixes. And there were some things that kind of Wendy said when she first came around that, you know, in my, in Justin and my own kind of old thought process, might have said, oh, we got to correct that, we got to speak to that. And I think both of us, God just said, hey, I got this, leave her alone. And all of a sudden, he just directed her where he needed to direct her and changed her life. And we didn't do nothing. All we did is call her up instead of <laughs> call her up, instead of call her out and allow God to be God inside of her life. And, you know, God's been doing this for years. So you say, well, I still have areas of my life that I haven't adjusted to. Could God really think that about me? You know, he did it with Moses. Moses thought, oh, God, I can't be a speaker for you. I, I, I can't be a deliverer for you. I can't even speak. And God said to him, you are going to be a deliverer for the nation of Israel. And then there was Gideon. He comes, he says, Gideon, you're a mighty man of valor. What's you talking about, Willis? You know, he says, you got the wrong guy. This guy that was scared, God says, you are a mighty man of valor. There was Saul, he changed his name to Paul. But my favorite is this guy named Abram. Abram had no kids. And God called him Abraham before he ever had one child. And in Romans chapter 4, verses 13 through 17, it gives a little bit of background that God gave Abraham this promise that he would be the father of many nations, this guy Abram. And Abram didn't have any kids. And it says, for the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but it was through the righteousness of faith. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void, and the promise made of no effect. Keep going there, Jackson. Because the law brings about wrath, for where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore it is of faith that might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I've made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. What's he doing over us? He's speaking each one of our lives. He's saying, you are the righteousness of God. You are holy. You are unblameable. You are unaccusable. You are unreprovable. You are without fault, and you are without defect when you stand before me. He says, no, go tell the world how much I love them, and you will be my hands, and you will be my feet, just like that video was saying. And he says, and don't ever think that you can't do something because inside of you is the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead now lives and abides on the inside of you. My third point is that God wants to partner with you to expand His kingdom. You know what's amazing about God? He uses ordinary people in ordinary places to do extraordinary things, He uses everyday people to reach his king- others for His kingdom. As I shared earlier, one of my greatest joys is to see people step out, sharing the gospel. I love watching people when they hear God's voice for the first time, when maybe God speaks to them and says, hey, go talk to that person. And for the first time, they obey, and that person was ripe for the gospel. I love it when someone steps out and prays for someone for the first time. Mike shared recently is that Mike's a runner and he was running or he was jogging during his normal path or he was in an area that he usually is and he winds up seeing a guy that he's never seen before. And He kind of knows his neighborhood pretty good and he was kind of surprised that there's this guy that he'd never seen there before. And he's sitting next to him and they started a conversation and Mike just happened to say, hey, could I pray for you? Rachel recently, all of a sudden she's in a, she's in a, I think it was a Sephora uh, or a JCPenney store. And maybe a, a girl had a problem with her back or with her foot, and she prays for her foot. And right there, inside a store, God healed this lady's foot. Did Rachel do anything? Well, no, it's just the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of Rachel. You know, but the two biggest hindrances to what I'm talking about are these two things number one is the thinking you're unqualified, and number two, is comparing yourself to somebody else. You know, what so encourages me is we all know in the la- very last things that Jesus said, one of the last things he said, they call it the Great Commission. And in Matthew 28, he says, Go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. But have you ever looked at verse 17? Can you show that for me? Thanks. He said, See, speaking of the disciples, Jesus is about to give the Great Commission to his disciples to go and preach the gospel to the world. But the very first before that says, when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. So these great disciples that we look at that changed the world faced off with doubts in their identity, and doubts in what they thought they could do. And that brings me great encouragement. Because when I look at what they did, I say to myself, you know what? They were just ordinary people just like you and I are. And again, is a lot of times we put people in the idea that people that stand on a stage and talk is that, oh, they have a gifting or they can do this better than I can. I don't have that. And I want to give you a, a picture of some of my humanity here just so that you see that, that is not true. You know, we have this new day that we've started. We've started this new church. And here we are, and we're supposed to greet people and make people feel feel welcome. Sometimes I'm like, man, I don't know if I should go up to that person because I'm not sure if they like me. I feel awkward when I go up to those people. It's like I'm thankful for June because I know June likes to hug. So June, I know I can hug. But other people are like, oh, I don't know if I should hug this person or not. I feel awkward. There's times I've gone up to you and I'm like, dang, I totally was too scared to go to say hello to that person. I need to go back and tell them, hey, and there's times I've had to come back to somebody so I can make a disclaimer here. If you ever feel like I'm ignoring you or if I'm like, (laughs) you know, he doesn't talk to me, you're right. Sometimes I'm a chicken, okay? (laughs) But it has nothing to do with you. And I have to face off with my own humanity. I have to believe what God says about me. Now, I'll never forget walking around that bike path one day, because I just started stepping out with people at work. There was a girl, she says, you know, I heard him talking, I work in a research and development laboratory as a chemist. I deal with a lot of scientific minds. Two girls were talking about a psychic. I'm like, man, a psychic? They're going to go to a psychic? Man, I wish God that they could. There's people that you've just given gifts to, to speak into their lives that, It just wrecks them with, you know, that they know God is real. God, I wish I could bring something. Why don't you do that? I said, oh, God, there's somebody else. Where's Pastor Justin? He would be so much better at that. You know, but I did. It took me about two weeks, I think, because I was looking for the right opportunity. But I just wrote her a simple letter, and I went and gave it to her. And I said, look, I am not a psychic. I said, there's two types of psychics. I said, the first type of psychic is just a fake, and they're a charlatan. The second type deals in the occult, and I don't do neither of those. I said, but I do ask the Holy Spirit to give me words of encouragement to people. And I said, and sometimes I'm wrong. I said, I'm learning to hear from God. I'm not always right. I said, but I'm learning. And this is what I felt he put on my heart for you. Now, this is in a scientific laboratory. And she reads it, and this huge smile comes upon her face and she was able to identify with what I had written. Another example, I've shared this before, but, man, it's really cool. I have a a close cousin. One day I'm at work, I'm typing on my computer. Man, I heard you need to contact your cousin, see how he's doing. So I send him a text, and yeah, I'm good. You know, kind of short, small talk. About a week later, I get a call. He says, did anybody say anything to you? No. He said. How'd you know this? I don't know nothing. All I know is that God just told me to call you. Well, I got a chance to minister to him after that because it unlocked his heart. And he saw how real God was. He began to run around saying, God's real. God's real. God's real. And a few weeks ago, I got to leave my cousin who I grew up with to the Lord because God opened his heart. But this is the same guy that has trouble saying hello to you. (laughs) So... I'm nobody special. I'm just asking God, Lord, use me. Partner with me. So I want to challenge you. Before you go out to a restaurant, before you go out to school, and I've got some ideas for you teachers, you want to change some kid's life, start asking God for his thoughts towards those students. Man, it'll wreck them. Hey, I just want you to let you know I was praying for you, and this is a thought that God gave me for you. Man, they need someone to speak life in them. The power of life and death is in the tongue. Now, I don't fake anything, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to say something stupid. So even if I just write the word of God for them, it's the word of God. It'll bring encouragement. It'll bring life. Man, you might be a nurse. Man, begin to ask God that He would help you take care of those patients that he would anoint your hands, that every time you touch those patients, that healing would flow through your hands. Because God uses ordinary people in ordinary places to do extraordinary things. One last thought. Do you know the only person that I know of that was named an evangelist in the Bible is Philip. And Philip was just a waiter, an ordinary person in an ordinary place that God began to do ordinary, extraordinary things through. But it's because he just said, hey, Lord, I'm here. Do you got anybody to talk to today? Is there anybody that you want me to pray for today? That's all the question has to be is, hey, God, what do you want to do today? And he'll use you and partner with you to reach people for his kingdom. JK?